This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, June 17th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. CEO reply requires federal probe. Lawmaker eyes PLC. Ag groups eye shipping rules. Now here's a programming note. Monday is a federal holiday for Juneteenth. Daybreak will return on Tuesday. Chairman changes assessment of Packer responses. Not that I'm aware of. House Agriculture Chairman David Scott says that answer from Tim Shellpepper from this, the CEO of the meatpacking giant JBS USA at a hearing in April is enough to justify setting up a special investigator's office at USDA to look into meat industry practices. Those words were Shell Pepper's response when Scott asked the CEOs of the four largest meat packers to state under oath whether they had agreed to fix prices. The other three CEOs all answered no. Shell Pepper's response wasn't particularly notable at the time, and Scott made nothing of it at the hearing. His response to the CEOs was this, Each of you has said no, and you all deny that you acted improperly or illegally. But Scott, the Georgia Democrat, raised the issue on the House floor uh, during a debate on a package of seven bills called the Lower Food and Fuels Act that included the special investigator provision. Arguing against the legislation on Thursday, House Ag Committee's top Republican from Pennsylvania, uh, Glenn G.T. Thompson, said all four CEOs had denied collusion. Scott responded by saying Thompson was mistaken. It wasn't all four that said in answer to my question whether or not they agreed or had any agreement on pricing in our meat industry. Three said no. One said not to my knowledge. Now you must understand that we are dealing with here and why just that reply from them requires an investigation. What's next? Well, the Democrat-controlled House passed the legislation 221 to 204 with the support of seven Republicans. The Senate Ag Committee is expected to approve a version of the investigator measure next Wednesday, along with a bill that would mandate minimum levels of cash trading in the cattle industry. The fate of the rest of the House bill remains unclear. Top Republican of the Senate Ag Committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas, tells AgriPulse the House measure is a hodgepodge that doesn't address the impact of the global food crisis. Take note. The package did include a bill to allow year-round sale of E15. Senior House Ag member, PLC prices need fix. A senior Republican of the House Agriculture Committee, Arkansas Representative Rick Crawford, says lawmakers need to rework commodity programs to reflect the recent increases in input costs. In an interview for AgriPulse Newsmakers, Crawford says reference prices in the price loss coverage program were set at levels that reflected input costs a decade ago. I think you're going to have to bring that program into current levels and then index the prices, he said. PLC triggers payments when the average market price for the year falls below the reference price. Raising the prices would increase the cost of the program. Crawford didn't say how many lawmakers should pay for increasing those price guarantees or whether money could be taken from other titles of the Farm Bill. 
This week's newsmakers will go live today at agripulse.com. Ag groups turn focus to Maritime Commission. The ag sector will be pushing the Federal Maritime Commission to act quickly to write regulations stopping ocean carriers from refusing to haul containers full of U.S. fruit, vegetables, dairy, meat, and rice to Asia. The Ocean Shipping Reform Act that President Biden signed into law yesterday gives the FMC the authority to stop carriers from unreasonably refusing to book export cargoes. But first, the FMC has to write a federal rule defining what is unreasonable. We look forward to quick action in coming weeks that brings greater transparency to fee charges and, in the coming year, redefines what it means for an ocean shipper to decline an agricultural shipment. California Farm Bureau Federation President Jamie Johansson said after the signing yesterday. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. AgriPulse Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy cooperative in the country based on milk volume. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. EDGE believes environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. EPA report requires mitigation measures for neonics. Environmental and ag groups disagree over the validity of EPA's finding that three neonicotinoid insecticides are likely to adversely affect two-thirds to three-quarters of threatened or endangered species. Why it matters? Well, as a result of the report, federal wildlife agencies must develop biological opinions that will recommend mitigation measures. The American Soybean Association, the American Farm Bureau Federation, and CropLife America say EPA's biological evaluations don't reflect the way the chemicals are actually used. ASA and AFBF say, for example, that the chemicals are used almost exclusively as seed treatments in soybeans and then in minuscule amounts. But George Kimbrell of the Center for Food Safety says EPA admitted what we have long warned, neonics are causing grave harm, not just to bees, but to the vast majority of all endangered species. Western WOTUS Roundtable panelists seek clarity. Panelists on the roundtable looking at the thorny issue of waters of the U.S. pleaded with EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers to provide a definition of WOTUS that can survive in the long term. Preferably, that definition would continue to include all existing farming exemptions, most panelists said. Not a surprising recommendation coming from a panel that was organized by the California Farm Bureau Federation. We rely on these critical issues, said California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson. How input will be used? EPA Senior Advisor Sylvia Quas said the agencies would use feedback from the discussions and future efforts to define WOTUS, but cannot use any of it to inform the proposal it is now considering, which is supposed to provide a foundational rule for future regulations. USDA applications for climate smart funding now top 1,000. 
USDA will have some tough decisions to make as it tries to pick winners over 1,000 applications for the $1 billion department plans to spend on climate-smart demonstration projects. The department has already received 450 applications seeking $18 billion for the first round of funding under the Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program, which covers projects costing between $5 million and $100 million. Yesterday, it said it has received 600 applications for the second round of funding, which will fund projects costing less than $5 million. Here's today's She Said It. Increasing competition will ensure ranchers get their fair deal for their livestock, while families get a good deal for meat and poultry. That House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the California Democrat, arguing for passage of the Lower Food and Fuel Costs Act. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, June 17th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.